Hi, this is Sue Burke. Welcome to my podcast. First, a quick word, because I have a book that's coming out from Nomad Press. My book, Chemical Reactions, with 25 Science Projects for Kids, brings chemistry to life with hands-on, science-minded activities and plenty of text-to-world connections that invite kids to discover the wonderful wonderful world of chemical reactions. I do a lot better job explaining the chemical reactions in the book than I just did with my pronunciation. Please take a look. Thanks. Oh, it's on sale at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and other booksellers. I have the links on my blog at www.susanburkcook.com. On to my podcast. My last post about travel outlined four places on earth where you could find where you most likely could find new species. How about traveling off-planet? I love that expression, off-planet. What about going to the moon? And what about going to Mars? What would you need to live on Mars? If you had what you needed to live on Mars, would you like to go there? I'm sure that Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk aren't the only people who would. Those two billionaires are fueling the new space race with their fires, but I'm sure they aren't the only ones thinking about how to live on Mars. I admit I'm playing catch up here. Better late than never. The space race is only beginning. When Jeff Bezos filed suit after NASA awarded Elon Musk the contract to develop a lander for our return to the moon, I had to investigate. That's when I found out that I missed the application window for a free trip around the moon in 2023 with yet another billionaire, Yusako Maoisa. How would humans live on Mars anyway? NASA and its collaborators think that to live on Mars, we ought to practice somewhere in space that's a little closer to home. Gaining new experiences on and around the moon will prepare NASA to send the first humans to Mars. So we need to conquer the moon. Why is living on the moon good practice for learning how to live on Mars? Let's ask Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan became the first emperor and founder of the Mongol Empire. He created what would become the largest contiguous empire in history, covering 4,860,000 square miles. Point being that he started in his own backyard. So that's what we need to do too. How will humans live on Mars? By practicing on the moon. A quick synopsis of NASA's plan. They want to establish a sustainable presence on the moon to prepare for missions to Mars. This is called the Artemis program. Orion is the spacecraft that will carry astronauts from Earth to lunar orbit and back. Orion will be propelled to Gateway by the Space Launch System, or SLS. This space launch system is Elon Musk's win. What is Gateway? Gateway is an outpost, or will be, an outpost orbiting the moon. Humans will initially live there. Gateway will remain in lunar orbit for over 10 years, providing a place to live and work and support long-term science and human exploration on and around the moon. Let's look at a a few quick facts between the moon and Mars. The moon is 238,000 miles from Earth. Mars is over 300 million miles away. The moon is less than a third of the width of Earth. 
Mars is half the diameter of Earth, but because Mars has no oceans, its dry land surface is about the same as Earth's, which I find really cool. A moon day is 29.5 Earth days. This is because the moon is tightly locked to Earth. This means that the moon always, one side of the moon always faces Earth. So if you were standing on the moon, Earth would never move in the sky, which is pretty interesting. I imagine if the moon had an atmosphere and people lived there, they would come up with all sorts of really cool mythology that had to do with the Earth and the sky. A Mars day is almost the same as an Earth day, 24 hours, 37 minutes. This would make it a lot easier for us humans and our biorhythms. A moon trip is about three days one way. Mars, 210 days. I have a picture or a graphic on my website that shows the trajectory of the Earth and a launch to the moon. You can see from my diagram that the Earth would already be on the other side of the sun by the time we arrived at, um, on Mars. In comparison, a trip to the moon seems like a hop to the grocery store to pick up milk. So how would humans live on Mars? One thing is sure, we'd need footwear. Mars is very rocky. Footwear is the least of our concerns. We have to conquer all the foot risk factors, just the way Genghis Khan conquered the world during his time. So before you decide if you'd like to go to Mars, you ought to be aware of a few more of the risk factors. Hazards of humans living off-planet. Oh, I got to say off-planet again. <laughs> radiation. The Earth's magnetic field and atmosphere protect us from harsh cosmic radiation, but without that protection, such as on the Moon and Mars with their thin to non-existent atmospheres, we'd be more exposed. Isolation and confinement. Behavioral issues among groups of people occupying a small space over a long time, no matter how well trained, are inevitable. For more ways to be happy, I've got a great post on my website. Distance. Self-sufficiency is key. We can't bring your lunch when you forget it, and there's no delivery service on Mars. Gravity field disorientation. Earth to space to moon to space to Mars can cause all sorts of issues. Spatial orientation, head, eye, and hand-eye coordination issues, balance, locomotion issues, and motion sickness. Bones lose minerals, causing a drop in density. Muscles lose strength and endurance. Our cardiovascular systems become deconditioned. And fluid shifts could put pressure on our eyes, causing vision problems. This is a common issue in science fiction movies because it is true. Beware of kidney stones because of dehydration. The confinement can also cause allergies, illnesses, and disease. All right, we have a few problems. Let's problem solve. What would you need to live on Mars? The most important question for me is, will there be coffee? I sure hope so. But for now, what we'll need to bring first off is a spacesuit. Mars has a thin atmosphere made up mostly of carbon dioxide, argon, nitrogen, a small amount of oxygen, and water vapor. The point is that it's not breathable. Because I can't resist sharing, I wanted to say that the moon has a very thin atmosphere called an exosphere. The gases are spread out so far that they rarely collide with one another. Detectors have identified argon 
40, helium-4, oxygen, methane, nitrogen, carbon monoxide, and carbon dioxide. Interestingly, during the lunar night, the moon's exosphere mostly falls to the ground. Just imagine if our atmosphere fell to the ground at night. When sunlight returns, the solar wind kicks up the new particles to replenish the exosphere. Let's get back to Mars. Where do we get the oxygen to breathe if neither Mars, or the moon for that matter, has a viable atmosphere up for us? We'll need to make our oxygen with a chemical reaction. We'll create oxygen via a process called electrolysis, not the taking off hair electrolysis. This electrolysis, we split water molecules into its component oxygen and hydrogen atoms. We can't live in spacesuits 24-7, even though we have oxygen. What we'll need is an airtight habitat. Remember that initially, astronauts will live on Gateway, the space station orbiting above the moon. One big task of the Artemis program is to develop a base camp. Any living quarters will need shielding from radiation, so it won't have beautiful picture windows. It will also need insulation. The extreme temperatures of Mars, from 220 degrees Fahrenheit to 70 Fahrenheit, can result in some pretty serious temperature gradients. Enter aerogel. Aerogel was developed by NASA for use in insulating the Mars rover. Aerogel holds in heat so much that it can liquefy frozen water. Always a plus when the temps get down to minus 220. As everyone knows, currently, there are no oceans, lakes, or rivers on Mars. And, as I said, the land surface area of Mars is about equal to Earth, even though Mars is half the diameter. So we'll need water recovery. This is a work in progress. Scientists hope to find frozen water in the craters at the moon's south pole, which is situated with perpetual twilight for solar energy, with craters tucked away from the sun, potentially shielding the pure frozen water. Right now, scientists on the International Space Station study how water behaves in a microgravity environment, which will help for our water collection. The experience NASA gains on the moon will be used to prepare us for Mars. I know this is a little vague, but they're working on it. What else would you need to live on Mars? Well, food. So we need a delivery service. No, we need space farming. Astronauts on the International Space Station do have food delivered, but Mars is too far for that. 210 miles is a long time to wait for your tacos. Scientists use a combination of red and blue wavelengths, which they find is optimal for good plant growth. Okay, no delivery service, but we still need to get around. You remember those rocks. And as if you undoubtedly concluded, Mars doesn't have a high walkability score. Thanks to NASA and their commercial partners, we have a vehicle. I've got a link on my website that goes into details about the Mars vehicle. How will this thing drive? There are no gas stations on Mars. With xenon via ion propulsion. Ion propulsion systems ionize or charge atoms and then exploit their non-neutral charge to expel them from the spacecraft, creating thrust. In this case, an electron is taken away. Xenon is often used. Xenon is a noble gas, and it is um, very stable and dense, ideal for storing on a long space flight.
We also need power for our habitat to keep the lights on. Mars is famous for its dust storms, but it has no lightning storms. So how will we manage? With our sun, solar energy. Orion, the spacecraft to take us to Mars, will be fitted with solar panels to store energy in lithium batteries so it will help power us the second we land. There are solar panels currently on the International Space Station working quite nicely to provide power. To date, 12 people have walked on the moon and 12 more have orbited around her. Would you like to be the 25th person? Now that you know what's what, would you like to go to Mars? We missed the application for the free space ride, but it's not too late. NASA is recruiting for analog missions, aka simulated Mars missions, that are going to take place right here on Earth. That could be quite an experience. What do you think? Would you like to go to Mars? Thanks for stopping by and listening to my podcast. I've got a lot more for you to listen to, as you can see. And I'd love it if you'd stop and check out my website and my blog. Lots of cool pictures and links to articles. That's at www.susanburkcook.com. Take care.